This is Penned In, the podcast for all things bookish. My name is Anna Kate Meadler, and I'm here to help you find your next read. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 29 of Penned In. This week, I interviewed fantasy author Devin Atwood about life inside and out of writing. What is your process for writing a fantasy romance book? I'm actually a really fast writer. So once I get the idea, it's out in, I don't know, three weeks tops. Once I get started, my poor family, they just have to hold on for dear life while I get the thing out. But I do have a little bit of a technical process I do. I'm not a pantser, so I always plan it. And as far as world building goes, it's really something that I try to delve into pretty deeply. So I want to know what the kingdom is and their economy, and I want to know what their governing system is. And I have to try and outline all of that first, and then I get a general plot outline. And then from there, I have to actually do some writing because sometimes the story can't form itself until you've breathed some life into these characters, you know, so I have to kind of get a little bit of actual air into their lungs once I start writing. And then usually the story will sort of just build as I go. The only thing I kind of suck at (laughs) that I do as I go is maybe magic systems. I feel like I have a pretty good one, but especially for Faye and Fury, but a lot of times I'll have to kind of trip along a little bit. When did you first know that you wanted to be a writer? Forever. Just absolutely forever. I've always loved to read. I've always loved to write. Funny enough, so Faye and Fury, this newest book that I wrote, I wrote a whole manuscript for it when I was 10 on lined paper with my best friend. And we just, we would pass it back and forth over recess and on the bus. And we would sit down and talk about the characters And I wrote that whole thing from start to finish on lined paper as a 10-year-old. It was fairly substantial. I mean, it was like this long. Bay and Fury is nowhere near what that was. But (laughs) I took a couple of core elements from it and just decided to, I don't know, adultify the characters in the story a bit. So always, I've always wanted to be a writer. Out of curiosity, what was the Bay and Fury story like as a kid? It was much more of a middle grade book. So it was still the princess was betrothed to this bad guy, this not real person, right? And she escapes into the Feywood. I think we called it the Forbidden Wood. And she finds a witch and a cat. That is still the same. There was still like this little witchy character with her cat. That was the same. But it was actually the book. The original book was called The Book of Midnight. So I turned the midnight magic into Nyx, the goddess, her her magic system in this book. And the original one was like, there were like seven other characters and it was like an adventure where they all went into the forest and climbed the mountain and, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing. 
Has your reading writing taste changed at all since your childhood? Yeah, it's definitely a lot more adult now. So my favorite books have always been Lloyd Alexander's series. The Black Cauldron is what Disney made the movie into, but it's actually the Prudine Chronicles. Those are just classic fantasy that I loved. I feel like a little bit of a trash panda now. <laughs> and I like more adult books and I love historical romance and contemporary romance. And I still love fantasy romance. Still my favorite, always has been. Would you say you have any auto-buy authors that you just absolutely love now? Yeah, I do. One of them is actually, I do believe she's actually self-published. It's to Sonia Odette. The ones that I really love, there's three of them that are sort of fairy tale retellings. Part of the Raven Prince is my favorite. She just released another book, bought that right away. I love her. I think everything she does is super fun. What are some of your favorite romantic tropes? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, if I had to choose a few, just kidding. I love the marriage of convenience slash forced marriage thing. I love enemies to lovers. Give me one of those any day. Those are the best. I am a huge fan of the, I guess you could just call it the chosen one. I'm a sucker for it. You know, I, especially if they didn't know and it's very Harry Potter-esque, I go for it every time. Switching gears a little bit, what would you say is the hardest part of the writing process for you? The hardest part of the writing process. I'm going to say the hardest part of the actual writing is keeping all your details straight. Sometimes I will really get into my story and I'm moving and I'm grooving. And I forget what the name of this kingdom was, or I even forget the name of a character because I just did it really quick and did a random name generator. And (laughs) then I look like a moron when I do an interview and I can't remember (laughs) who they were. So keeping all of those details straight, especially in a series, this is the first time I've written a three book series. My first series was only two. So keeping everything organized has been a little bit of a challenge. And I really think I'm still learning that actually. I know with the indie process, there's a lot of things you have to keep straight. You have to keep straight the marketing, you yes. have the editing, the better readers. How do you manage all of that? I don't know. It's a lot. It's genuinely a lot. I utilize a lot of programs, MailerLite for my newsletter, Book Funnel for getting my ARC readers and beta readers out there. I listened to David Goron. I think that's how you say his name, Goron. He has a free course for authors on how to self-publish. And it was excellent the way that he laid everything out. So I have a spreadsheet for all of my social media that I use. So I know what I'm posting. And it's just, it's a, honestly, beginning is hard. It's a massive effort to start everything with your website and the newsletter and all of your social media accounts. It's a huge undertaking. And honestly, I don't think most people understand unless you've done it, what a big deal it really is and how much work, which explains why publishers take such a big cut, right? Because it's a ton of work. It's a lot to do. How do you find the time to manage both the indie 
work side of things and also life outside of work? I smash it in there. I don't know. Like, I got to tell you, I am an exceptionally busy person. I am a grad school student. I have six children plus a bonus kid, so seven. And I, I just try to smash it in there. I don't know how else to say that. Like, usually I find that it works best to wake up early with my kids and get a couple of hours of writing in before I do any social media, because that can be really distracting. And then as far as social media goes, I have to keep a plan. So on this day, I'm going to do Instagram and Facebook. And on this day, I'm going to batch make all my TikTok videos so that I can post them slowly throughout the week. And that gives me a little bit of breathing room when my husband is finally home and we can spend time together. So I just, you know what it is, is I don't actually do much outside of it. How's that? I don't watch a lot of TV. We'll put it that way. What are you studying in grad school? School counseling. Yeah, my undergrad was in therapy. So in order to get my license, I need to finish my master's. So that's what I'm doing. That's really cool. What would you say is the most exciting part of the indie process (laughs) for you? The most exciting part for me has been connecting with readers. Absolutely. 100%. It sends my happiness sky high when I get a reader that tags me in a review or tells me how much they loved my book or how much they're looking forward to the next one. With my first go around with my first couple of books, which were traditionally published, I didn't really have that experience. Social media was a different beast then, and I didn't really know what I was doing. So if people enjoyed my book, I had no idea. I had no clue. And that kind of sucked. And so this go around, even though I'm smaller than I was when I first started connecting with people on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook has been a huge joy and it makes it all worth it. If even a couple of people say, I loved your book, it totally blew my mind. Totally worth it. You mentioned you've done traditional publishing before. What is the difference between traditional publishing and then going from that to indie? When I say traditionally published, I was, I found a publisher, they published it for me and they did all of that. They were still a small press, so I was still considered indie. It was a good experience for me because I didn't know what I was doing anyway. So it was really probably better that they handled things. What I will say is this, I think for fantasy, I much prefer the self-publishing only because there is so much content creation that goes into fantasy. And if it's not represented in exactly the way that you hoped it would be, i.e. in the case of Lunula, the way they marketed it was more towards the high fantasy, general fantasy group. And it's really a new adult romantic fantasy. And so I don't believe it did as well as it could have. The cover almost looked (laughs) sci-fi and it didn't quite hit the right notes. I didn't have control over that. I didn't get to choose. So I had to kind of just roll along with what they were doing. If I were to go back to traditional publishing, I would happily do it. Probably for something like contemporary romance, where they have a really specific niche, they know what they're doing, and they know how to hit it just right. With me and fantasy, I feel like it makes a little bit more sense for me to continue handling my own world that I created and pushing out this content that looks exactly the way that I hoped it would 
Because with fantasy, it's all up here. Contemporary romance, it's the world we already live in. It's not hard to extrapolate. With fantasy, it's a little more specific. So I will say I'm much more enjoying the control that I'm having over that content, even though it's a million times more work. (laughs) How do you choose when your books are going to be published and also finding graphic designers for maps and covers? Right now I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I, <laughs> I wrote Faye and Fury in about three weeks at the end of December, beginning of January. And I basically published it when I felt like I could publish it. I arbitrarily picked a date of April 4th and I was like, oh, we're going to roll with that. I think I am finding though that it takes me three to four months to write, edit, publish the book. It takes me quite a while. So right now I've decided I'm going to do one in the spring and one in the fall and spring and fall. And I think that gives me enough time for my family to breathe a little (laughs) between my crazy publishing stuff. And then as far as finding content creators, I am artistic enough that I actually have been able to do a lot of it myself. So the chapter header watercolor pictures that are in Fae and Fury, I did those. And the map that's in Fae and Fury, I also did that. And then my sister is a photographer and works with Photoshop. So then she made it look professional for me. So I'm utilizing my personal resources. And then as far as my cover goes, I found an amazing cover artist on Etsy. And I just looked at her work and it was solid and fantastic. And I actually just today got all of the drafts for Bonds and Envy. She sent me all the mock-ups that she did. She's fantastic. I'm so glad I found her. You just have to kind of look and look and look until you find the right one. There's lots of places, but I actually paid for four covers for Fame Fury and it was only the fourth one that I actually liked. So. And I believe Bonds and Envy, that's coming out fall of this year. Correct. Do you have, yes, you have a specific release date for that? September 1st is the release date right now. I haven't like announced it, but there you go. I'm announcing it. September 1st is my release date there. I feel so special. I know. (laughs) I wasn't sure, but I wanted to see what rate my editor was going at because she has it right now. So I feel pretty confident saying September 1st. How did you find your editor? I am in a couple of Facebook pages for indie authors. My favorite one is 20 books to 50K. And they're very much sort of a business model driven. I'm not as gung-ho as them. I don't really treat my writing as much of a business as they do just because I think I'm too much of an artist. But they had, I don't know, somebody was just discussing it and someone suggested this editing service. They're in the middle range as far as price goes. So they're not the most expensive. They're not going to be cheap, but they were like in the middle. And then I had her edit my Evander chapter, which is sort of just a free chapter that I've put up of Faye and Fury that's from Evander's point of view. And I loved what she did. And you mentioned you were, you've done some art before. When did you learn to paint and draw? Bob Ross taught me. I've always loved Bob and I decided to start following along with him with oil painting and discovered that I'm not half bad at it. It's been about three years now. I've on the side just been developing a little bit of my artistic talents and I did some of these chapter headers and I threw it out there and was like, do these look terrible? 
Like, am I objectively not? And everyone said they looked really good, that I should use them. So I did. Do you have any other hobbies you like to do besides writing and art? Tons. I like to crochet and I have chickens, (laughs) which doesn't sound like a hobby, but I love my chickens. I have 10 of them. And I go out there and I talk to them every day. I'm crazy. I I love my chickens. (laughs) And then, you know, I have different kinds of art hobbies that I like to do. It just depends. And my husband bought me like a a jello art kit. I don't know if you've seen that before where they do the jello molds and you like inject the flowers into it. It's kind of fun. I try all kinds of hobbies. I'm always busy. I've got to ask, what does one do with 10 chickens? I don't know. They make me eggs, which is kind of nice. I mean, it's been great. (laughs) I honestly, I go out there and I start talking to them and I swear to God, they talk back. They just make these little clucking sounds and I pick them up and force them to love me. Yeah. It's just something I've never heard of before. Like I know my dog, I swear my dog talks to me sometimes because she'll like tilt her head whenever I'm speaking. I just find it. That's so interesting that someone has chickens yeah yeah it's funny they're actually kind of cute my husband was mad when I first got them because he was like we have a million children and what are you doing but he really likes them now they're easy to take care of and they're just so chill it's kind of a quiet place so if I have a writer's block or something I'll actually go out there I have a little stool and I sit out there with the chickens and I we live in the mountains So I look out at the mountains and I I think about my plot and it's kind of a relaxing place, actually. Do your kids like ever come in and like try and help you try and inspire your books? No, they really don't. (laughs) They, They know to stay way away from mom when she's in writing mode because my brain is on the book and I get a little bit, I want to say hyper fixated almost when I'm writing a book, I'm listening to music and I'm thinking about it. I'm writing it down. I look like a crazy person. I've got note cards everywhere. The best way I find a plot is to write it on a note card, write the plot point. Then you can shuffle it around and move it wherever you want to move it, or you can just take it out. And that's been the easiest form for me because I change my mind so often. Pivoting a little bit. What advice would you give to aspiring authors? My best advice is not to get hung up on comparing yourself to anybody else and to how successful you think you are or you aren't. Just write the dang book. That is my best suggestion. It does not matter if you think anybody else is going to love it. It doesn't matter if you think that you've got the next bestseller we don't always all have to be the next bestseller. What's more important is telling the story that you want to tell and that you think is going to be fun to write, write the book, and then you can go from there because it's a, it is a lot of work to get it published, whether you are querying to publishers or you're doing it yourself. I respect both immensely. I've done it both ways. Either way is fine. The most important thing is staying true to who you are and don't get hung up on the particulars. Just write the book. That's it. Well, we are coming up to the end of time. Zoom only lasts for like 40 minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> right I don't on. Think. So, 
I want to thank you, Zoom to Zoom, for doing this with me. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. And I could talk for hours about writing, as I'm sure you could too, because it's it's just great. Want to learn more? You can find her website linked in the description below, along with a link to purchase her latest release, Bonds and Envy, book two of the Fae King's Mortal series. As always, thank you guys so much for listening in, and make sure to subscribe on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Spotify.